break every chain. Oh, we praise the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Holy, holy, holy saints. Touch our hearts this morning, Lord God Almighty. How we need you, Jesus. How we need your holy touch and your mighty hand. Your great power and your wondrous glory. Thank you, dear Lord. Thank you, dear Lord. Thank you, dear God. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right. Have a Bible this morning. I'm going to turn to the book of Hebrews. What a beautiful spirit that's here. Let me mention, I'll try to mention it several times, this coming Friday at the Rock on Southern Boulevard, we will have a rally. Our preacher is due in tomorrow night, and we're looking forward to a great time in the Holy Ghost. All the churches are coming in. Just wonderful, wonderful presence of God here this morning. All right, <clears throat> I'm in the 11th chapter. Once, capitulo once. I learned how to say that in French. I gotta get, gotta get with my languages here. It's okay if I speak in tongues, right? Sometimes it's as I give the utterance. Sometimes it's as the Spirit gives the utterance. Better when the Spirit gives the utterance. All right. We are in Hebrews chapter eleven, and uh, I'd like for you to turn to verse twenty-five, Cap- capitulo. 25, okay. All right. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Verse 26. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right. I want to work for a little while this morning on choosing the things of the Lord. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. All right. So. All right, choosing the things of the Lord. Now, I want you to get the background here in this 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. And uh, there are many great biblical accounts, but we'll hone in on Moses for a moment. Now, Moses, being born in Egypt at the time he was, there was a uh, commandment sent out by Pharaoh throughout the land to kill all of the Hebrew baby boys that were two years old and down. Moses was just born, so he certainly qualified for death. And uh, But his mother, seeing that he was a proper child, 
that she was not going to uh, allow that to take place. So she, uh, she and the, his sister, Miriam, who was a, who was a little older, uh, they took Moses and they concocted a plan. And they put him in a, a little ark made out of a boat, made out of bulrush, and they uh, put him in the river, and they timed the thing, and I guess they knew the current, and they had it all figured out. And uh, so kind of like the bus coming by or the ferry coming by, well, the bulrush ark came by. And uh, Miriam, his sister, who was one of the employees of Pharaoh's household, and she helped out Pharaoh's daughter, well, she, at about the right time, you know, uh, the baby Moses decided he was hungry, so babies cry when they're hungry. So he, he wailed out there and screamed a little bit, and, you know. And uh, the plan was that then, just as it, as it happened, Pharaoh's daughter uh, took Moses and, uh, out of the water and uh, decided that would be nice. I have a little puppy dog. I have a little, a little Moses baby. And so it was all encouraged, and of course, Miriam said, would you like me to go find a, uh, one of the Hebrew women to nurse him? Oh, how convenient. And so Moses was returned to his mother and <laughs> under lawful, and you know, there was no way he was going to get slain because uh, daddy's little princess, that was, that was going to be her little, her baby Moses, and you can't kill him, so uh, Moses was spared, and uh, but the Bible teaches, of course, there came a time that Moses had grown up, having grown up in Pharaoh's house after he was weaned, brought into Pharaoh's house. And can you imagine the splendor and all of the, I mean, you know, if he wanted a, a brand new chariot with a full-blown stereo system and big, thick, wide wheels and spokes on his uh, chariot, well, you know, he, he could have it and uh, pretty much anything he wanted growing up in, in Pharaoh's house. And so uh, there was a lot of things, tangible, natural things that he could have. And uh, I want you to understand that in life, there it, sometimes it's uh, things that we can have and things that we can do, uh, but those things can uh, come between us and God. They can lead us away from God. Uh, natural things, carnal things. And uh, we all have this nature to deal with. Paul said, in my flesh deals, dwells no good thing. And so it, it's easy for us. Uh, this flesh has a tendency to travel the path of least resistance. So downhill, in other words. It just runs downhill. So we're, our flesh is just... It finds itself going in wrong directions very easily. We don't uh, have to think really much about it. It's just a natural occurrence, okay? And um, no wonder Romans chapter 7, the Apostle Paul, in teaching about this flesh, he said, the things that I would not, he said, that's what I find myself doing. And uh, we have this battle, okay? And so... Uh, what we want to think about today a little bit is that we have a choice to make, choosing, choosing the things of the Lord, that we have to realize that uh, as Moses later on, having been grown up and having, as the scripture said, he, 
He chose the things of God. He chose to live for God. He turned his back on the world. And he, again, had opportunity uh, to have every worldly pleasure, uh, what termed it the pleasures of sin. And he could have done this or done that or done the other, but he chose rather. And in weighing it out, he said, I can have all the fun or I can choose to live for God and suffer the affliction of God's people, uh, the hard times. So he chose the, the hard times over the soft and the easy things, all right? And uh, because Moses was involved with something now that was eternal, and that's what you and I have to realize, that yes, there's this life, and you can live for instant gratification, you can live for today, and you can uh, just let yourself go and, Get involved with everything in the world and every fleshly pleasure. And you can travel that downward path. And make no mistake, it's a downward path. Um, old Noah found that out, didn't he? God wanted him to do his work and wanted him to go to Nineveh. And did I say Noah? I meant to say Jonah, sorry. Jonah, wanted Jonah to, got my arts mixed up. <laughs> he wanted Jonah to, uh, to go to Tarsha, and he wanted him to do his work. And... Uh, you know, get out there, witness these people. And, and instead, uh, Jonah said, I want to I wanna go down another place. I want to do something else. And I don't want to go do that. And uh, the next thing you read about Jonah is everything in his life is going down, 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 down. Until finally he cried out of what he termed the belly of hell. Okay? Well, if you were in the belly of a whale, you might describe it as the belly of hell too. All right? They tell me that there's enzymes in, in that whale's belly that will turn you purple. I don't know if that's the in color that you want to be, but uh, what can I say? Uh, here we have Jonah going down, 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 down. And that's how life in the flesh is. You find everything going in the wrong direction. And the main thing to remember is that that's going to wind up in hell eventually for eternity. Okay? There's a consequence attached to choosing the carnal things, the worldly things, the, the things that I get what I want right now, okay? But how much better, like Moses, who said he chose rather to suffer, rather to suffer the affliction of God's people than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He said, I'm going to look at the eternal. I'm going to look at the big picture. I'm not going to sell out for just some little thing right now. You can while away your life and watch life go by. And, uh, you know, there are people that you read about and, and uh, all the things that they in, have indulged themselves in and been involved with, and they're famous for it, and uh, they've lived for that. But you know what? After a while, as I think I've told you before, the step gets a little slower, and the reflexes aren't as fast, and the health is failing, the eyes are failing, the hearing is failing, uh, and pretty soon life has gone by, and then what? then a person's going to die. It is definitely appointed unto man once to die. And after that, the judgment. And then here we have a fellow that the Bible said he was enjoying all of the things of this life. And he kicked back, the book said, and he said, well, my barn is full. He said, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to tear that down and build me a bigger barn. That's what I'm going to do. And so he, he couldn't, somebody said one time, a very wise and astute woman in the church, uh, a woman of God, she said, if he would have uh, 
given out what he'd stored up in his barn, if he would have been involved and, and given out some of the stuff that was in his barn, he wouldn't have had to build a bigger barn. You know. And so you can live heaping everything to yourself and storing it up and storing it up and storing it up. But you know what? If you put grain in a silo or a barn-type situation, uh, after a while, if it's not uh, going out and getting fresh coming in, it's going to rot. And so we, we want, what the Bible say about um, being able to drink water out of your own cisterns, that you're able to keep this thing flowing and fluid and effervescent and bubbling up, and it's fresh. The Holy Ghost in your life, the things of God in your life. You want to be involved in the church and the work of God. You want to choose the things of the Lord, and it will keep you fresh. The Bible said the Holy Ghost will be in you, a well springing up into everlasting life. It's going to flush out the bad. It's going to put this flesh under subjection. It's going to give you an opportunity to be a partaker of God's divine nature instead of this nature that Paul said there's no good thing there. No good thing there. It's got negative potential. It's an account that we don't want to draw on. It's, it's something we don't want to be drawing and pulling from. We want to make that dormant. We want to make that we're not a part of it. Okay, we're not pulling on that account anymore. It's dormant. It's dead. It's mortified. It's just, you know, you don't want that anymore. And that's, we've got to fight uh, the spiritual battle to keep our, get ourselves and keep ourselves in that shape. Every one of us. Because this old flesh will rise up. And pretty soon, you know, you're, you're going in a direction that you re- know you really shouldn't go in. And, uh, and, and you're ignoring the things of the Lord and paying more attention to the things that are not of the Lord. Everybody said amen. amen. But Moses and others, they learned how to keep the eternal things in focus. They, they learned how to look beyond this life. Remember, the pleasure of sin is just for a season, and it's a very short season. You want to be involved with the things of God where there's pleasures forevermore, where there's going to be no end. It's a world without end. And it's, a, it's certainly beyond our human comprehension or understanding. But as we are in the church, and as we worship God, and as we read His Word, and as we're involved in, in the things of the Lord, and see what the Lord does, and rejoice over those things, more and more we get a, a deeper and deeper insight to the things of God, and the joy of God, and the presence of God, the power of God, and the things that He has uh, planned. And I want you to know that He's got great things planned. And, and you want to be growing in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So your understanding of things will get deeper in your life because you want to see beyond this world and you want to get a good glimpse. Didn't it say we look through a glass darkly? But there's a time coming when God's going to put the spiritual Windex to it and clean that window up real good and allow us to see into the things of the Spirit to get a, a better look into what He's got planned and what's coming and it's going to be for all of eternity. When I, I tell you before, when I think about hell, friend, I don't like to think about hell. I don't like to think of anybody going there because it's too terrible. It's too horrible. It's too, hor- too horrific. I want to think about heaven. I want everybody to go to heaven. I want us to go to a street of gold and gates of pearl and walls of jasper. I want to go where there's no devil and no sickness and no sorrow and no pain. I want to go where there's no bad thoughts and no bad words. I want to go where where love is because God is love and he's going to be there. I won't need anything for son because he's the light. He's the light. He's the light. We don't have to worry about praying the prayer of faith because there will be no sickness. Oh, yes. Pleasures forevermore. 
pleasures forevermore. So we have, uh, like those that were with Jesus after he had been crucified and after he had third day risen from the dead. And he has, he's leading them out, and he takes them to the Mount of Olives, overlooking the city of Jerusalem, a place called Bethany. And while he's there, he's giving them last-minute instructions. He gives them a Bible study. He opens their understanding, Luke 24 and 45, that they might understand. And so it's so wonderful when God opens our understanding. You wonder why some people uh, cannot see and understand the truth of God. Some people just cannot grasp and understand that there's just one God. They just can't get it. And, it, and one reason is because they're natural-minded. And they, they keep looking at things in a natural point of view. I've told you before, it's like the uh, going uh, with the disciples on the boat. And he says to them uh, um, something about the, uh, the leaven. And they, they start fussing with one another. Who forgot the bread? The Lord's probably going to want to have a picnic. And where's the bread? Nobody bought the bread. And Jesus is looking at them and saying, bread? Who said anything about bread? He was talking to them about false doctrine. But they were thinking naturally. They weren't thinking spiritually. And, and that's what I'm trying to tell you. When you get into this book, you have to get the spiritual mind. You've got to have this born-again experience. You've got to get the gift of the Holy Ghost. All right? And, as, and, and God can reveal, God can show you what is correct in His mind as He looks at things. You want to crawl into God's mind and see things through His eyes. All right? You don't want your natural mind and your natural way. That's why the guy didn't understand about being born again. He said, well, what do I do? And the second time that Moses won't be born? And, and Jesus is like, oh, boy, we got a real winner here. And, you know, he's trying to move on and make it plainer. So he tells him you have to be born again of water and of the Spirit. Okay? And he, he begins to tell later on, he said, he said, you're supposed to be a master in Israel. You're supposed to be a teacher here. And he said, and I, if I'm talking to you about the ABCs, and you can't understand how in the world am I going to talk to you about the X, Y, Z? In other words, if I'm giving you the simple things, how am I going to give you the more complex things? And so it, it's because we, re, we have a tendency to think naturally and rely on things naturally. If people uh, look at, at, at God and they, you say father and they immediately think of what they think of as a father, somebody that's older, maybe got a long beard, you know, and maybe even got a cane, you know, walking along. That's how they're thinking of God. And that is not God. God is a spirit. Okay? So you've got to start thinking like the Bible teaches. And you've got to get what the Bible calls the mind of God. And as you start thinking like God thinks, and you begin to understand, then you begin to realize that God is a spirit. And he can show himself any way he chooses to show himself. But it's the same God doing it. Isn't that wonderful? I tell you all the time, I'm a father, I'm a son, and I'm a senior pastor, but there's only one of me. And if you see more than one of me right now, I know a very good eye doctor. And I'll, after praying for you, I'll send you down there. It will help you get a, some glasses, and then you'll see things correctly, okay? All right. So we want to help you get some spiritual eyes. We want to help you to realize that there's one God. And when the throne descends from heaven, there's only going to be one sitting on it. And you don't take up a knife and try to carve God like you would a, a sweet potato pie, okay? Up into pieces, up into persons. You can't do that because the Bible doesn't teach that. You can't do it and be correct with God anyway, all right? So we've, we've got to look into the book, and we've got to get God to open our understanding. And that's what he did in Luke 24 and 45. And as he began to give them last-minute instructions and told them to receive ye the Holy Ghost, all right? 
And then he, he also told them that repentance and remission of sins, that's full pardon and forgiveness of sins, should be preached in His name. His name is Jesus Christ. Okay? In His name among all nations. It was for everybody. For everybody. Okay? No exceptions here. It's for everybody. All right? Because God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. All should come to water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. And all should come to receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. So he said repentance and remission of sins would be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And then he went on to tell them some more things about them being witnesses of these things. He, and, and, you know, I told a man the other day that came up to my house in the, in the driveway and some people came to the door and I told him, you can't be a witness without the gift of the Holy Ghost. Roman, uh, uh, Acts 1 and 8, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you through power. You see, power to become a witness unto him, okay? So if you're going to be a witness, you've got to get the Holy Ghost. You've got to get the power of God in your life. All right, so uh, the, the Bible teaches that Jesus giving them these instructions, and there was above 500 of them, but and telling them to go and begin this thing. Wait for the promise of the Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Wait for it in Jerusalem. And so they begin to uh, have a choice now. It dawns on them, we're, we're in the Mount of Olives. We're overlooking Jerusalem, you know, kind of like saying I'm in, in South Bay and I'm, you know, four miles from Belgrade. So they had to, only, they only had a half a mile to go from where they were at in Mount Olive down to uh, Jerusalem. And so they, there was about, the Bible said, 120 of them, that they begin to make the trek, the trek and the journey to the upper room in Jerusalem because Jesus said it's going to start in Jerusalem, okay? going to take place in Jerusalem. And so they went. But that means that about 380 of them did not go. There are, not everybody's going to go. Not everybody's going to do the work of the Lord. Not everybody's going to choose the things of the Lord. Okay? And, and I've told you before, the scripture said one, one individual didn't come because he said he had, he had to go check on his merchandise or his business. Another guy said, well, I've taken me a wife, and I, I've got to go see about my wife. And another one had this excuse. Another one had that excuse. And different ones, and it's going to be like that. People are going to have things that tie up their mind and tie up their thinking, and they're going to be making the wrong choices. And, and many times, one man uh, laid, laid uh, impotent and, and uh, had a problem, uh, and it was 38 years when Jesus came along and gave him an opportunity, okay? So uh, I'm telling you, yes, the Lord will deal with us. And sometimes he deals with people over and over and over again, but sometimes, sometimes some people just get one shot. You just never know, okay? And, and we have to stop and think ourselves here how fortunate we are that every, every week, day in and day out, week in and week out, <clears throat> we have the opportunity to be taught and to have preaching and singing and worship. But we've got to go out to these people out here that, that haven't heard. They just have a generic religion. They just have a, a lot of tradition and, and theory. And they need this great truth. They need to hear this word. They, uh, I was uh, recently at a place and we stopped to uh, get a... Uh, look at a Bible and some different uh, things like that, concordance and some things. And uh, it was a little, it was a little Bible bookstore, but it was in a mall. It was in the middle in a kiosk. And and um, I said to the woman as we were leaving, uh, I said, "Hey, I said, um, where's your Bible?" And she said, "Well, it's right here." And she pulled it out and opened it up. And so I said, "Well, let me let me show you the most important verse in the whole Bible." So I flipped through it and I got to Acts two thirty eight and I turned it around. I handed it to her and she read it out loud. 
And I, and I said, that's right. I said, now that is what you need to do. And she just went, thank you. Thank you so much. You know, there are people out there that are hungry. There are people out there that want to hear the word of God. There are people out there that are not just rejecting it, okay? There's going to be some people reject it. And the first time I was ever a witness to, I just, and would you like a Bible? I just went, nah. You know, just a smart aleck, you know. And, and just, you know, running from God, doing what I want to do, and making the wrong choice, involved with the wrong things. Okay? But we want to get involved with the things of the Lord. We want to make a choice to get involved with the things of God. And everybody said amen. amen. There's, there's an innumerable amount of things that you can get involved with, and your life will go by. Okay? Like a rushing river, it'll go by. And one day, just like the rich man, that looked at Lazarus. Lazarus represented the church. He represented the spiritual things. He represented the things of the Lord. And when this rich man looked at him, Lazarus said, come with me and let's go to the house of the Lord. Nah, too busy. Got too many other things to think and see about. You can get rich in this world. You may not have a lot of money, but you can be rich in this world, all full of the things of this life that you're involved with. And, uh, the Bible teaches that the day came where uh, Lazarus died and the angels came and they took Lazarus up. And then it said, and the rich man died. And he was buried. Didn't say anything about the angels coming to get him. But it went on to say that the rich man lifted up his eyes in hell, being in torment. And while he did that, he was allowed to see and he saw Lazarus, cradled in the arms of the Spirit, called it Abraham, because he could identify with that. God showed him something he could identify with. And uh, you, you want to understand what I'm saying to you. This man then started thinking, wow, I, 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 want, I, want, to, uh, I want to pray. And he began to pray in hell. Yeah. He began to make requests. You know, the Bible said, make your requests known unto God. A little late, but he was making a known right then. Even to the point that he, he was asking for to send Lazarus. Lazarus who he ignored, the church that he went by, the people that he closed the deaf ear to. Now he wants, now he wants to hear what they got to say, and they want, wants him to do something. Give me some of that Holy Ghost. Let him just give me a little tip of his finger, touch the end of my tongue. It's parched in this place of torment. Ants came back and said, well, afraid you're where we can't go and you're where you can't get out and come to us. Not going to happen. There's a great gulf between us. Great gulf. He said, well, um, how about, I got five brothers. I got family. He said, could you send somebody back and witness to them and tell them? He said, uh, nah, you know what? They've got Moses, they've got the prophets, they've got the scriptures. They got everything they need. Yeah, but no one rose from the dead. No, they won't believe that. They won't believe one rose from the dead either. That's the truth because I've given people scripture and they don't believe the scripture you give them. And so then you give them another scripture and another scripture and another scripture. You know? Well, if they didn't believe the first one, they're not going to believe. Why would they believe the other four or five or ten or twenty? You know what I mean? So you're, there's, there's this choosing this thing of the Lord, choosing the things of the Lord. 
But you choose the Word of God. You choose to believe Him. And, and it's by God's grace, I grant you that. But remember, we live in a time where God's grace is here. Okay? So we do have the opportunity to, to make that choice. We have the opportunity. And Moses uh, told the people one time, he said, I've set before you life and death. And he said, choose life. Choose life. He even gave him a little hint there, didn't he? Gave him a little extra help. And uh, it's kind of like, you know, life and death behind your back. Choose life. Which one? Choose life. <laughs> you know, big hint there. Big hint there. Moses gave him a big hint. He said, choose life. It's like giving him the right answer. Choose life. Choose life. And so choosing the things of the Lord is choosing life. It's choosing life. It's choosing the right thing. And uh, there are things that we can do, but there's, uh, it's going to take something. And one of the things it's going to take is involvement. Involvement. You got to get involved. You got to get involved. You know, you don't want to be a, a uh, spectator. You want to be a participator. You don't always be on the sideline or up in the cheering section. But you want to you want to get in this thing. You want to get involved with it. You can get all. I had a woman. Well, she's teaching downstairs. <laughs> but uh, I remember when she said to me about started talking to me. I'm talking to her about getting this great truth: repenting of your sins, getting baptized in Jesus' name, getting the Holy Ghost, the things of the Lord. And she starts talking to me about her family. And I said, Hey, I said, you get it first. I said, You get it. And then that's going to have the best effect on them and everybody else you know and everywhere else you go and talk to people. I said, but you got to get it. I remember when I was brand new in the Lord, and uh, I didn't know anything. I, I, was, I was 20 years a sinner and lived a very worldly, sinful life. And, and, uh, but I got witness to it. And uh, I, at that first time when I rejected it, then God kept dealing with me, and I asked for the Bible the next time. And so he gave me the Bible, and uh, I began to read it. Uh, became my daily bread. I'm telling you, I began to read it, read it, read it. And um, I, I remember that uh, in dealing with people, like one day I was on the job and it was break time, so I just nestled down in the front of their house in the lawn and I was reading my Bible. And uh, a little kid came out of the house where we were working. He said, Mommy, Mommy, there's a hippie out there in the front yard reading the Bible. And uh, so, you know, but God began to change my life. And I remember when I was asked to go to church for the first time. And I went to church, and I saw people worshiping God and, and, and just involved in the worship. They weren't sitting there, their arms glued to their sides with super glue. Put your arms up. Okay, okay. Super glue, super glue, super glue. You know? Well, maybe there's some super glue in your life that you're glued to the wrong thing. Involved with the wrong things, thinking the wrong things. And, uh, but I, I mean, I saw people praising God and worshiping God and the preacher preached and it was all brand new to me. And soon said, oh, we didn't know anything. We didn't know anything. But as we continued to go to the house of God, and uh, I did, especially I did, she kind of thought maybe I'd found a new fad. But um, after a while she came and uh, because she saw the change. And that's what I'm saying. You, you get involved. You get involved and let God make some good changes in your life, okay? Make some 
good changes in your life. Jesus is our example. And, you know, the Bible said that he prayed until the fashion of his countenance was altered. And I want to say to you that from inside first and then outside, there will be a change in your fashion. There will be a change in you for the good, okay? And you want the Lord to do these changes in you. You want him to, to take care of business for you. And he wants to uh, make you the way he wants you to be, okay? He wants you to represent him, but you've got to get involved. You can't be a, a, a spectator, always looking on, always, oh, I, I, you know, I had somebody tell me one time, said, I told him I was baptizing so-and-so, and they said, well, good, he needs it. And I said, hey, I said, we all need it. We all need it. Everybody needs it. Everybody needs it. You, you, you know, but you can, people want to cast off, see. They want to spotlight off of me. So, hey, he needs it. That's good, man. You know, like his, what did Jesus say? Suppose you that they were bigger sinners than everybody else? Jesus said, no. I'm telling you, except you repent, you're all likewise going to perish. Come down to everybody. Everybody needs to repent. Everybody needs to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody needs to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's God's plan of salvation. That's what God had preached on the very first day of the church that he built. Imagine that. Imagine that. And yet, that is ignored by the religious world. They've got their denominations. They've got their little religious ways. They've got their little social clubs. They've got their little way of doing things. But they ignore. They, what did Jesus say? Uh, uh, these things ought ye to have done and, and not omit the other things. You know, there's, we, we don't want to omit the most important things in the Word of God. I, I think I mentioned that on Easter Sunday, a lot of people went down to the seaside uh, to have a, uh, you know, breaking of the day, the sun coming up s uh, service. And uh, that's great, you know. Have, hope you liked it. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope the sunrise was beautiful. Okay, but it's not necessary. And it, it's not something that needs to be among, among the chosen, okay, because it has nothing to do. And there's nothing in the Scripture that teaches you to go do that, all right? If we, why do we, uh, only because of our flesh, of course, why people get drawn to things that are, are not uh, in the list of things that, of God that we need to do. They get drawn to things that are not on the list. You know, so it becomes, God said, and then you said. You know, that's what it comes down to. So we want to choose not what we say, or not what somebody else says, but we want to choose what the Lord has said. We want to choose the things of the Lord. And we want to get involved in those things. Okay? Involved. We want to pray while we're here. We want to worship him in spirit and in truth while we're here. The Bible said he's looking for people to worship him in spirit and in truth. Okay? Not looking for super groups. Okay? You know, when we get hurt on the job, we call for uh, our surgeon. Our surgeon is Pastor Hopper. And he's very good at using super groups. You cut your finger open, he'll super glue you right up. Well, you know, that's why they created super glue. That's why they invented it. It was for... In war, in times of war, when they couldn't get the, the, the hospital and the surgeons out there, and the guy's dying and he needs to be sewn up, but there's nobody there, they used to super glue. That's what they did. They pushed it together and super glued it, and it held until they could get to better treatment. So, um, but, you know, we, we've got something better than super glue, don't we? We have the Holy Ghost. 
We have the power of God. We have, we have the things that are right. We want to get involved in those things. We want to get involved in how God does things. Now, we had a, a woman, and the Bible teaches that uh, her sister was uh, very preoccupied with things, and uh, in doing all of those things, she was getting a little tired. She was getting a little exasperated and uh, sweating, and so she looked at Jesus and she said, Hey, bid my sister come help me. And Jesus said, Well, said, uh, you know, said, um, you're, you're careful and you're troubled about many things. He said, But you know your sister Mary? said, Now she's chosen that good thing. <laughs> and said, And it's not going to be taken from her made the right choice. You can get involved in an awful lot of things or you can get that narrowed down maybe to the things that we said last week, the necessary things, these necessary things. You know, the, the apostles were inspired to say, we're not going to put upon you any, any burden except these necessary things. We're not going to heap anything on you. I, I often hear people say things um, around the country, it'll come to me, and uh, I, I, the first thing I want to ask is, is it in the Bible? What is the teaching about this thing? Because people just kind of look like to me, make it up as they go along. You know, they just come up with these different things, and, and they, they want to, what's, what's bad is people get a personal conviction, okay, and, uh, and then they want to preach it or teach it or witness it uh, like it's Bible, when it's not Bible. So that's what the writer was saying. Only these necessary things. We don't want to put a bunch of things on you that aren't in the Scripture, that the Scripture doesn't teach. We just want to do the necessary things. We just want to get involved with the things that are of the Lord. Okay? The things that he's talking about. The things that he put in the church and that the church taught as they went forth into all the world. Okay? Teaching people. Teaching them the things that are necessary the things that are right, the things that are of God. And we've got to get involved with those things. We don't want to ignore those things, okay? We don't want to close our eyes and our ears to those things. Isn't that what happened when the, when the um, uh, Stephen, in the book of Acts, and, uh, and he began to teach the people, and when he got, what he did was he read them their history. Now, they didn't like hearing their history. It wasn't reading real good. And so the uh, Bible said that they stopped their ears, and they ran upon him. And they decided to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner and gnashed on him with their teeth. <laughs> and then they stoned him, okay? So I'm saying to you that, you know, you can, you can just shut down mentally, but that doesn't change the things of the Lord. Still there. And they're going to be there at the judgment. The Word is going to judge us. So we want to tell ourselves that we want to get involved Help me to find out what I should be involved with. Now, what, what things should be involved with? Well, we definitely know that we should be involved with prayer, okay? Okay, so let me help you out a little bit. Monday at 7 p.m., we have prayer here. That's why I mentioned that. Okay, that's good. But actually, I think most of you do come, and, and I'm very thankful for the turnout. And we've had uh, Monday night prayer 
for a good number of years now, and uh, I thank God for that. So, and then of course we also have what's called pre-service prayer. That's where you get to go through God's car wash, all right, before service, and you can get in there, and you can talk to God, get your mind, your heart ready for a service, and and, uh, ask him to help you to repent and overcome, all right, and, uh, you know, you don't want to be running here the last second, nervous wreck, (laughs) hurry up, sit down, okay, so it's nice to come and get get in a little time there, a little quiet time with the Lord. And, uh, and get all the things out, okay? Especially what they, what's that, um, you know, you have, you have uh, patois, and then you have other types of things to talk, and they have this thing called sip-sip. You know what sip-sip is? Sip-sip is gossip. Oh, that was pretty cool. Sip-sip is gossip, okay? So you, you want to get all the sip-sip out of your container here. Want to get go to go to the prayer room a little bit and get rid of all that junk, okay? So prayer is something we want to be involved with. All right, prayer. Now remember, last week we talked about about um, necessary things, so we're kind of continuing here. These things of the Lord, things that are important, we want to get involved with those things. Prayer is one of those things. We also have for the men, we have man up, or as one fellow said, man down. We had a lot of fun kidding him about that, and uh, but I am very thankful uh, for the those of you that come. My brother Sergeant, he walks down here at six o'clock every morning, Tuesday through Friday, and he won't let me pick him up. He he wants to walk, so he's going to get the exercise, and that's good, you know. They say uh, walking and um, uh, a little bit of exercise like that 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 helps to stave off um, Alzheimer's and other dementias that you could find your mind being eroded away by those things. So we again, an involvement, involvement. That's what's so good. You know, people will go and pay a lot of money to go to a gym, and they will they will uh, do all kinds of workouts and everything, you know, right? You know, come right here. Be in church. We got the hands up. We got the legs going. Woo, we're getting with it. We got a lot of good, you know? Yeah. We really don't like you when you're sedentary and you just sit there. We really don't care for that. We want you to get in there and get involved. All right? Get a, get, get a little workout. We do good cardio workouts. Yeah. So God's got a good system of worship. Yeah. So he's got a good system of worship. All right, so prayer. Prayer is important. This is one of the things we want to be involved in. And um, I was thinking that, you know, I'm not so much trying to do in order. But church, meaning attendance, okay, service, very important, very important. You don't want to be missing services, okay? You don't want to be. I tell you, you got to learn to build your life around the church, okay? Don't build the church around your life. You put the church first. You put the work of God first. You put the things of the Lord first. You get those things to be the priority. This is my priority list. This is what I do. I told somebody here recently, I said something about Marvin being a saxophone player. And the person said, well, that would be interesting 
You know, and I said, well, it'll only be church music. That's all it'll be, it'll just be church music. You know, we're not involved in the things of the world. We're not interested in their music. We're not interested, nothing wrong with a little rap, but make sure it's rap about the gospel. Make sure it's, it's, it's spiritual music, okay? You don't want to let the wrong spirit get into your life, okay? And, and the enemy, believe me, he has, he, that snake has worked his way into all of the different areas in life that affect individuals. Uh, music, videos, which that can be put together, music videos, right? And, uh, and of course, movies and television, which I don't even call it television so much anymore, but whatever, cable, whatever you call it. Uh, all, I, I believe in direct TV. Every time they send me a thing, it goes directly in the garbage. <laughs> My definition, direct TV. Just whoop, drop it right in there, friend. I don't want them programming my mind. I want, the, I want the Holy Ghost to program my mind. I want the things of God. I want my mind to be built around the things that are spiritual. And I'm fighting for that. You have to fight off these things that are coming at you. Because believe me, the devil is absolutely inventing many, many things, okay, in an attempt to distract you from the things of God and to get you involved and going in all kinds of different directions. Got to have this, got to do that, and until less and less. And when, when the Bible teaches that really we want to be less of us and more of God, right? We don't want it to be the other way around where it becomes less of God and more of us, where we're just doing our thing, all right? Because that's going to be harmful to us. Because when we die... And you're coming here, I'm trying to get you from the cradle to the grave, honey. <laughs> I want to get you, I want to deliver you. I want those angels to come get you when the time comes. All right? I don't want you to wake up in the wrong place and locked in there and that's it for all of eternity. I don't want that to happen to you. I want to feel a confidence that, you know, you went right on up to the right place with the right one. And everybody said amen. And believe me, that's when it really gets serious, doesn't it? But if it's going to be good then, it's got to be good now. We've got to get involved now. We can't ignore God and think that we're going to just accidentally trip into heaven because, well, I wasn't too bad. I was a pretty good person. not going to work that way. First and foremost, Jesus said, if you're not born again of water and spirit, you cannot see or enter the kingdom of God, period. That is non-negotiable. He made it crystal clear, okay? Everybody... And you know what? The devil fights that message. He hates to hear that. He hates us to preach that. He hates what the church stands for. That's why that old dragon, that's why he rose up against the woman, the church, in an attempt to destroy everything that was built around and what it was producing. And I'm telling you, you want to realize that Jesus Christ means what he said. Okay? He means what he said. He's not a mean God. He's not an ugly God. He's not an ogre. He is a God of love, and that's why he made it possible. That's why he made it possible. All right, that's why he came in the flesh. Okay? God was manifest in the flesh. The spirit, the invisible, was shown visibly or clearly. That's why he did that. So that that flesh, God can't die. He's a spirit, but the flesh could die on the cross, okay, and did. Laid down that life, and he referred to the flesh as the Son of God. That doesn't need to be confusing to you. It's a reference to the flesh or to the visible, 
into what could be seen. And in that flesh dwells the fullness of God's Spirit. Okay? He invested the fullness of His Spirit. God was manifest in the flesh. God showed Himself in the flesh. And that's why when one individual said to Jesus, said, hey, show us the Father, and we'll be satisfied. And Jesus said, man, you've been with me so long time, and yet you don't know me? You don't know? How, how do you ask that kind of question? Here I am. I'm right here. Hello. <laughs> you know? And uh, that's where we've got to get involved to the point that we get our understanding open. And God gives us the revelation. He lets us see his mysteries. He lets us understand his mysteries. Everybody said amen. amen. So you got to ask yourself, where am I on church night or church service time? Where am I? Okay, where am I? I should be in church. So ask yourself, where am I? Where, where are my children? And you better ask yourself about those children while they're little. Okay? Because when they get up here, you know, then they might go their own way, unfortunately. And then you won't know where they're at. You won't know what they're doing. You won't know what they're involved with. So now, while you have this chance, while you have this opportunity, now is the time. And you know what, folks? We have to lead by example. All right? Jesus was our example, and he stepped right up and said, John, I come here to be baptized. John said, no, 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 you baptize me. And Jesus said, button it. <laughs> he said, I have to show them the right way to do things. So you just do what I'm telling you. Jesus went into the water. John baptized him, and when he came straightway up out of the water, the heavens were open, the Spirit descended upon him so that he could see, John could know, this is the very Christ, and this is the experience, born of water, born again of water, born again of the Spirit. That way you can see and you can enter in the kingdom of God. And there just is no other way that God gave. That's his plan. And I tell you, whatever plan he would have given, the enemy would have fought it, and people would have fought it, okay? through their organizations. So this is what he did choose. This is the scripture he did give. This is the plan. This is the way. And so we need to do it. Everybody said amen. amen. So if you're here this morning, and I have not yet baptized you in the name of Jesus Christ, what doth hinder? What are you waiting for? Let's get this done. Let's take care of it. All right, let's take care of it. And, and that goes right down to these young children. And if, if we've got a young child and, and they want to be baptized, don't discourage that. Encourage that. Because now while, what, what did Sister Pearl say, uh, bend the tree while it's young. So while they're, while they're easier to be led and easier to be reached, then we want to do that. Because there may come a time and an age when it's a lot harder. You know how concrete is. Children are concrete. You know that? They're wet cement. And they're, they're easy to make an impression when the, when the cement is wet. But when it hardens up, you know, only thing left to do then is get a big old sledgehammer, break it up. And you got a big job then, you know, big job then. So let's work with them while they're young. Let's get them in Sunday school and let's get them taught. And I've told the Sunday school teachers that you make sure they know the plan of salvation. You make sure they know that they have to repent 
They have to be baptized in Jesus' name. They have to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. So, this is just a few things <clears throat> to get involved with. Prayer, church, what the church is doing. What you doing on Friday night? Hmm? Should be here for youth. Huh? Yes. Sunday morning, be here for Sunday school. And don't be so lazy. Sunday night, you ought to be coming to church. We love God so much, we go to church twice on Sunday. Isn't that something? Yes, we do. Everybody said praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. We love you. Let's stand together. We're going to worship the Lord. Thank God and thank God. Let's choose. Jesus called it the good part. He called it the good part. All right. And he said, this individual chose it and said, it's not going to be taken from me. You know, you get this born again experience. Nobody can take that from you. There are lots of things that can be stolen from you. We just had two batteries stolen right out of our bus. Couldn't use the bus to pick the kids up this morning. Somebody's pretty desperate, aren't they? And, uh, but uh, that didn't stop us. We just had to go in cars. And uh, We're not going to give up. We're not going to be defeated that way. We're not going to allow that to happen. Everybody said hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a big hand. All right, let's worship. Let's take a moment. Let's worship and praise and magnify. We can get rid of the super glue a little bit. Stretch out the edges, paint, the kinks. Amen. We're happy in the Holy Ghost.